Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. Welcome to Gems for the Journey, Wisdom from the Word of God. Hey, God bless you, everybody. Welcome to Gems for the Journey, Wisdom from the Word of God. And we're your hosts, Matt and Stephanie Garrity. And we're founders of River of Heaven Ministries. And we have a threefold vision to rebuild and restore, equip and empower and revive and heal. Through these broadcasts, you're going to be touched, rebuilt and restored, equipped and empowered and revived and healed. And you're going to be functioning like never before as a kingdom man or a kingdom woman. Amen. Great to be with you today for another episode of Gems for the Journey, Wisdom from the Word of God. Well, it's good to be back with everybody. We took some time off uh, for a season, uh, just family vacation, things of that nature, You know, just sharing the gospel, equipping the body of Christ for the work of ministry, especially in these last days, to be His vessels, to be His servants. Um, to be his ambassadors. An ambassador, what is an ambassador? They are delegated authority on the behalf of another, and we are called ambassadors in the kingdom of of heaven. Amen. We are are citizens of the kingdom of heaven, and our heart is that the kingdom of God, his kingdom rule and reign, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, There's been some exciting things going on as well as some sobering things. If we think about the world scene right now, we see many things going on in the nations. We saw last year the invasion when Russia went into the Ukraine, and there was severe unrest in that area of Europe. And now this year, just as we entered into New Hebrew Month, the month of Cheshavin, we see now that terrible, heinous act of violence perpetrated by Hamas on the Jewish people. And so, the month of Cheshavin has always predominantly been a time of bitterness for God's people, for the Jewish people. It is the month that follows right after the High Holy Day month, right, where the the Jewish feasts are celebrated in the, the month of Tishri, You've got the Moedim, and so right after that, Cheshavin, and really it speaks of, again, bitterness, bitterness. Whether it was the flood uh, in ancient times, we know scholars believe that during that month of Cheshavin is when the global flood uh, destroyed the world. And so it's very important to understand that, that historically, this month for the Jewish people has brought much suffering throughout the ages. And, you know, later on in history, we know the terrible regime. Okay, they launched the campaign of terror. There was terrorism then, Kristallnacht, the night of broken glass. And that occurred on Cheshavin, in the month of Cheshavin. The Holocaust, as many people know it, began November 9th, 1938. And so it, it started out, it sounded like a campaign to disarm Jewish people that were living in Germany, the German Jews. And then it became a terrible time of atrocities that I don't think we've even completely fully comprehended yet, especially not those Jewish families that went through those tragic times. And, and so it's important to understand that there, this is a time 
of bitterness for the Jewish people. But scholars also believe that this will become a time of sweetness for the Jewish people because many scholars believe that the temple, the third temple, or the final temple will be built beginning in the month of Cheshavan. And again, it's important to understand that all things work together for the glory of God. All things work together for His glory. And so, what's interesting, and we've talked about this other times, but there was a time in in Scripture uh, where the people of God came to place of great bitterness. They came to a place of great bitterness, and the Lord provided a strategy during that time to Moses that when that strategy was implemented, those bitter would become the opposite. They would become sweet. And that's found in Exodus chapter 15, verses 22 through 26. It says, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now, when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. The word Mara means bitterness. Therefore, the name of it was called Mara. And the people complained against Moses saying, what shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. And there he made a statute and an ordinance for them. And there he tested them and said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord, your God, and do what is right in his sight, Give ear to his commandments and keep his statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you, which I have brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. Then they came to Elam, where there were 12 wells of water and 70 palm trees. So they camped there by the waters. Hallelujah. Now, we usually look at these scriptures specifically during the month of I.R., Okay, which is the second month of the Jewish calendar. But there is a strategy that we need to look at here regarding what do we do during times of bitterness? You know, it's been said you don't want to be bitter, you want to be better, right? You don't want to get stuck in a rut. You don't want to be filled with with bitterness. In the New Testament, uh, we have the apostles, they're going and doing the work of the ministry. And then you've got Simon the sorcerer who is told that the reason you want to buy the gift of God, this didn't just start out here. It didn't start out with covetousness, no. It is actually must be coming from a place of bitterness. You have the gall of bitterness. That's what the apostles tell him. And so bitterness, we got to be very careful to not become a bitter person. During times of bitterness, we don't want to let those at times affect us. See, you can be going through something where it's a bitter time in your life, but you have to choose how to react to those times. You can't let that bitterness overtake you. And I want to redirect us again to the scripture that we just talked about, where God gave Moses a strategy when he became to come upon a bitter situation. The people are saying, hey, Moses, there's no water to drink. Moses, what are we going to do? Uh, Even these waters here, Moses, they're bitter. And I wonder how many people have felt like they've drank from bitter waters over the years. You feel like, I don't even know what to do anymore. I went through this situation. I went through this circumstance. I never really healed from it. And you're facing bitter waters. You want to 
be nurtured, you want to grow, you you want to flourish, you want to drink from waters that are going to sustain you, so to speak, but all you find is bitter waters. All you find are, it seems like your life is just filled with bitterness and there's bitterness all around. Remember what the remedy that God gave Moses. He said, go find a piece of wood, Moses, and throw it in the water. And you might think in the natural, man, how is that going to do anything how would that function at all? And you know, again, I, I've seen people over the years try to explain this, you know, biologically, and it's always interesting. God tells Moses to find this tree, this wood, and throw it in the water, and people say, "Oh, well, if the wood would have been a certain pH and chemical properties, then you know, if it was thrown in the water, it could have changed the complexity, and it wouldn't be bitter anymore." That may be the case of how that all worked out biologically, and God knew that, obviously, before he told Moses that, but the strategy, let's look at the principle and the strategy. The, the strategy that we're looking at here is what was applied to the water. It wasn't a leaf. It, it wasn't dirt thrown in the water. It wasn't any of those things. It was a tree. It was wood. And there's a prophetic application to this because we know that not only did Abraham's son Isaac carried the wood up the hill uh, where he was going to be slain, but also the fulfillment of all these things about carrying wood and wood being applied and bitter things becoming sweet. These are all foreshadowings of the cross, the finished work of the cross. And as we apply the finished work of the cross, not the wood, not the physical wood of the cross. We can't even find where that is, right? No, but the finished work, the principle, the prophetic foreshadowing, shadows and type, what was done on that cross, when that is applied to the bitter waters of individual lives, when that's applied to these places, these pools of bitterness where people have been drinking from for, for weeks and months and perhaps some people even years, then those bitter things, all of a sudden, they become sweet. Doesn't Jesus have an amazing way of doing that? He absolutely does. He takes away that bitterness because he applies his work. Again, we're not saved at all by any of our works, okay? We're saved by his work. We're saved by grace through faith. His goodness and kindness leads us to repentance. We respond in faith to his goodness and kindness. We respond in faith to his grace. And then his grace literally envelops us and saves us on the other side. His grace starts the process. We respond to his goodness, his kindness. We respond to his grace. His grace finishes the process. Amen. And then after that, our responsibility is to walk through the process of sanctification. And simply stated, it means this, to yield to the Holy Spirit, to yield to the Spirit of the living God that dwells within every believer upon conversion. We don't just get salvation and healing and freedom and deliverance and all these wonderful things. We also get filled with His Spirit, that we have the very Spirit of the living God living in us. Hallelujah. And again, when that finished work, all those things, we remember Jesus crying out, it is finished. When the finished work of the cross is applied to those waters 
to those places of bitterness. Maybe you've got grudges against people. Maybe you have unforgiveness. And when you apply the finished work of the cross, when you think about what Jesus did, how he forgave literally the people who had crucified him, when he cried out, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. How much more should we be able to forgive those to allow the, the work of the Lord uh, to, to come in and to change that bitter situation into a sweet situation. I, I just think of how many times we go out for food with friends and things like that, and we can tell very quickly, can't we, if something is bitter that shouldn't be bitter. We taste something and something is supposed to have a, a certain flavor, but all of a sudden, wow, this is too bitter. I can't I can't eat this. And see, we should be people that can identify when something gets too bitter. There shouldn't be that high of a threshold for bitterness. When you realize, man, this doesn't taste right. This doesn't seem right. I'm not this way. This is not this is not me. I shouldn't do, be doing these things. Many, many of you have been raised, many of you listening to me have been raised in Christian households. But what happened was hope deferred, made the heart grow sick. That's another scripture in the Bible right? You may have lost hope in a situation. You may have felt like there was no hope. And so what happens is it makes you grow ill. It causes those bitter things to enter you. Satan has a way then of legally coming in and, and you know, you're not serving the Lord and maybe you were raised the right way, but then you're not serving the Lord. You're not in Sunday school anymore. You're not attending uh, services. You're not reading the word on your own. You're not worshiping the Lord. And so guess what fills that void if you're not taking in the things of the Lord? You're not taking in the things of God. What begins to fill that void is the things of this world, is bitterness, is anger, rage, and fits of wrath. The Bible calls these things the works of the flesh, the works of the flesh in the book of Galatians. It's important that we are walking in the fruits of the Spirit, that we are allowing Holy Spirit to produce His fruit in us and not the work of the flesh, okay? Because it's going to be one or the other, beloved. It's going to be either the fruits of the Spirit or it's going to be the works of the flesh. And you know, we're living in a day and a time and an hour where we can't afford to be walking and producing the, the uh, works of the flesh. Very important to understand this. We talk about how in John chapter 15, we must abide in the vine. We must abide in the vine. That if we are not abiding in the vine, apart from the vine, we can produce nothing. We can produce nothing. But so many people are trying to produce things, but they're apart from the vine. The vine is Christ. The vine is that provides that life-giving nourishment that only Jesus can provide. Remember, even in John chapter 4, when Jesus met the woman at the well, he identified that there was some bitterness going on there. There was something that wasn't right. She's out, she's out there doing her job, but something's going on with this woman, and she's, she's questioning, and she's wondering, and she's searching, and she's seeking about worship, and all these different things, and you know, you're a Jew. You don't have any relation with us as Samaritans, and there was bitterness, perhaps because of racism, perhaps because of the situation of going from relationship to relationship. 
Where do those actions, where do those things, those sinful ways, where do those things often start out? It often starts out with rejection. It often starts out with with something of, of being hurt in some way. And if we're not careful that that hurt, that rejection can lead to a place where we start to get bitter. And then before you know it, you're bitter and you're nasty to people. You're full of offense and all all these different things that you never started out that way. And then you find yourself one day, maybe you're at a bar and you're drinking or you're shooting up drugs and you're thinking, how did I ever get here? I was never, I was never supposed to be this way. I wasn't raised this way. What happened to me? I'll tell you what happened to you. You allowed the things of this world, the things that are around us, the evil world that we live in, covetousness, the works of the flesh, all these things being done around you consistently, time in and time out, time again, all these different things. Eventually, if we're not in the word and we're not walking in victory, we're not walking from the place of victory, we're not walking from the place of the finished work of the cross, the victory that's been won. If we're not walking that way, then we're walking as a victim. And so not only are we called to be those who would receive the finished work of the cross and that work in our life, but the goal is not just to stop there, beloved. The goal even as it's harvest time here in the Northeast, beautiful fall colors, it's time you know of harvest and things like that. The goal is for that finished work of the cross to affect that bitterness in us in such a way, turn those things to sweetness so that now instead of bitterness flowing out of us and infecting people in a negative way, instead, the sweetness of the river of God, the finished work of the cross has been applied to our life now. And now out of our bellies are flowing rivers of living water and it's bringing life everywhere it goes. See, we are called to be a conduit. A conduit is simply a vessel or a structure that allows some medium, whether it's water, whether it's electricity, whatever that medium is, to pass from one place to another in order to deliver on that other side. That's what it is. If you think about water, water coming through a conduit, water will come through a conduit, and then as it flows through that conduit, that conduit does not buffet it. That conduit acts uh, sometimes even to accelerate that flow of water. And what happens? Then that water can be used to turn turbines. That water can be used through technology to become you know, the steam engines and things like that, things of that nature, and even other uses. Okay, Irrigation, things of that nature. In in similar way, electricity, as electricity flows through a conduit, that conduit is a conductor, a good conductor, which means it's not buffeting, it's not hindering the electricity from using those properties that it has, right? And that conduit acts as that vessel and the electricity flows through that conduit in a way that then begins to power the appliances that we have in our home. We are conduits, and the goal is not only for us to receive that living water that Jesus Christ is, not only to receive the finished work of the cross and that bitter thing in our life becomes uh, sweet, but also to become then a vessel where that finished work, that sweet water, if you will, 
That living water then begins to flow out of our life, touching everything around us. And during these times where there's wars and rumors of wars and there's famines and there's earthquakes and there's pestilence and all these birth pangs and all these difficult things that are going on in the world, this world needs more people who are conduits of life, who are conduits, not of bitterness, but are conduits of the sweetness of God, conduits of the living water where when they come around you, they're like, wow, I really received something amazing. I don't know why, but I need to talk to that person again. Why, why do people want to come and continue to talk to you? It should be because they're eating good fruit. They're eating the love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and goodness and faithfulness and self-control. They're eating those fruits, the fruits of the Spirit, off you as a tree. When they're coming around you, why are they feeling their thirst has been quenched? Why? Because they're drinking from the living water and they may not even know it. But beloved, they cannot eat the fruits of the Spirit and they cannot drink the living water if they're eating instead fruits of bitterness and wrath and anger, or they're drinking bitter waters. So what kind of conduit are you today? Are you a conduit that is full of the living water of Jesus Christ? Are you full of the work, the finished work of the cross, what the finished work of the cross has provided? Holy Spirit, the river of God flowing through you, that sweet water, that will bring healing and freedom and deliverance everywhere it flows, resurrection life? Or are you full of bitterness? Are people drinking and being infected by what's coming out of you? I really believe that it's a time that we can't afford to be bitter any longer. If you have someone that you need to forgive, I would encourage you just right now, just to forgive that person. You may not even feel like everything about you can forgive that person, but just begin to, in your, in your free will, just begin to forgive that person. Say, I forgive you. I forgive you. And then give it to the Lord. Give it over to the Lord who is faithful. He is worthy. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. We give her ask, think, dream, or imagine. He says in his word, cast your cares upon me for I care for you. And so I pray this blessed you today. Remember, we want to be filled with the sweet water of God and not bitter waters, the fruits of the, the, the Holy Spirit and not the works of the flesh. So God bless you today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you. And may the Lord give you his peace. Remember, you are a vessel of Almighty God producing living water as the Lord himself flows through your life and allowing the fruits of the Spirit to touch many as they grow in you. Till next time, goodbye. If you'd like to connect with us, you can go to our website at www.riveroftheaven.org. River of Heaven Ministries is advancing the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven through various means. In James... 127, Scripture teaches us to care for the widows and the orphans. We take this seriously and are actively involved in supporting widows and others in need on a monthly basis. Together, we can do more. Additionally, our radio broadcasts and podcasts reach all nations, touching lives worldwide. Daily, 
new listeners hear the gospel, and through these broadcasts and podcasts, millions have an opportunity to repent, believe, and receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Listeners also learn about powerful Tabernacle of David principles through our teaching, encouraging all to worship the Father in spirit and in truth with great passion and purity. Your financial gift of any amount will help us to continue to support those in need and allow us to launch high-quality recorded radio broadcasts, podcasts, and teaching that are available for free to anyone who has internet access. With your prayers and financial support, we will continue to reach millions in our generation and multiply millions in generations to come. Thank you for partnering with us.